Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Okay, we better talk about Brexit and uh, I don't know, I don't know what's really going on but as I say, um, we have a couple of people now who will be able to tell us a little bit more. Limerick man John Downing, a columnist with uh, the Irish Independent and someone who has a sense of what goes on in government as well because he was a former Deputy Government Press Secretary. He's on the line. Good morning to you, John. Hello, Joe. How are you? And we also have uh, Sean Kelly, MEP of Fine Gael for this Ireland South constituency. How are you, Sean? Sean is very well here. Delighted to talk to you again, John. Great. Uh, John, um, is this a deal or isn't it a deal? It's a, it's a small bit confusing, to put it mildly. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, a deal, an agreement in principle. All right. Uh, you're, you're right to be sceptical. We've been here before, the 25th of November. I'm speaking to you from Brussels, by the way. I was here in this very building on the 20, uh, Sunday afternoon, 25th of November uh, of 2018. And we thought we had a deal, and uh, it was rejected by the uh, UK Parliament three times subsequently. So we're we're back again. We have a deal that looks rather like the old deal. I I understand. We're waiting for the full detail to to come out, but based on what we knew last night, it's not a million miles from what was agreed in November 2018. Uh, Boris Johnson still has. quite a hill to climb to get this through the UK Parliament uh, this coming weekend, we understand. But he does appear to finally have the DUP on side, so... But does he? Because they're they're still saying this morning, even after this latest announcement, that they can't sign up to it. Oh dear, you're ahead of me there, because I, I, I understood... I'm looking here. I'm, I'm in the European Council. Well, unless Sky News now. Sky, Sky News were reporting that they still didn't feel yeah. they could, unless something has changed very quickly in the last... God, God, God knows. I mean, I'm, I'm looking here on the monitor at the EU chief negotiator, Michel Barnier, who's doing a press briefing in, in another building here in the EU area. And he's outlining what, what the deal is likely to be. So... I mean, God knows. You know, yeah. I, 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 I was going on the assumption that we had it, we had a deal, and that the DUP were on board. Yeah, um, it's very difficult. Um, the DUP um, and Labour uh, in Britain, we understand the very latest, according to Sky News, is that they are still saying no to this deal. Now, Labour is one thing, we, and you, yeah, you would expect we, we, that. But, we expected yeah, labor, yeah. But, but we're, Sky we're News, never going to help Boris Johnson. <laughs> Sky yeah. News are saying, we rang the DUP, <laughs> and the DUP are still saying no. So it sounds oh dear, oh dear. like, Sean Kelly, this is still quite a mess. Yeah, uh, things are moving so fast, it's difficult to keep a proper handle on it. And I can see why John is somewhat confused about the DUP. But uh, they did issue a statement earlier saying they wouldn't sign up to it, but that could change dramatically, and it may not change at all. But uh, obviously, as John pointed out, this uh, new agreement is in substance very like the old one, and they obviously didn't like the old one, so they may have difficulty in signing up to the new one. The only thing, though, is that if they alienate themselves uh, too much, and then there is a general election, and they are not in the position they are now to hold the balance of power. 
they could be alienated further and become marginalised. So I think that will play on their mind as well. Well, RTE now reporting uh, that the DUP say no, their position is they can't uh, endorse or back this deal that has been announced by the EU and the UK. And the difficulty, John Downing, is that he needs their votes, doesn't he? Um, to he absolutely Parliament. does. Yeah, he does. He needs there are 650 MPs, but for various reasons, some of them don't play. For we know the seven Sinn Féin uh, MPs don't attend anyway, but there are always others who, for various reasons, health or whatever, uh, wouldn't be there. So a working majority is 320 uh, MPs. He has two six, 260 loyal Conservatives. So the question mark really is 28. Uh, ultra-Brexiteers in the European Research Group. Then there's the 21 MPs whom he drove out uh, in in uh, last month. So many of them would come on board. But the 10 DUP, firstly, of themselves, are crucial. But secondly, they have a big influence on those uh, ultra-Brexiteers in the European Research Group. They have been described as the canary in the mine. That if they can, if they can breathe the air, then maybe many others can also. Uh, even at that, uh, Boris Johnson's numbers are rather ropey. He be, he would be relying on some pro-EU Labour people who might come on board for him. Might, might not. Okay, so Sean Kelly MEP, what clearly has happened here is that a political calculation has been made by the European Union and by the UK. This is the deal, this is the one we'll propose to the heads of government, including Leo Varadkar later today. They're probably going to pass it in draft form and say to Boris Johnson, who's over there, only on the basis that you get it through the British Parliament at your special sitting on Saturday. So the whole thing could still fall apart. Oh, it could fall apart. And as John said, it's uh, very ropey at this stage because not only have you to get it through the House of Commons and the Prime Ministers, but you also have to vote within the European Parliament. And actually, yeah, that's meeting, important, Sean. Yes, definitely. We're meeting next yeah. week. And uh, will we have the resolution drawn up in time to vote on it next Wednesday or Thursday? I suppose if push comes to shove, we may. But I think there'll be a lot of unhappiness that this thing is being rushed rushed to suit one man, essentially. And that is Boris Johnson, who said he'd die in a ditch if they didn't leave by the 31st of October. So from a European perspective, 31st of October or the 31st of November is, is no difference in practical terms. And uh, they might want just to say, listen, we want more time to look at this and to look at the yeah. details and to but, ensure but, that all... But I can't be even about to say this, but to be fair to Boris Johnson... John, isn't there an argument that his only real hope at this point is to try to essentially bounce the DUP and some others in the Parliament to vote for this, that more time would actually cause the pressure to dissolve on them to to agree? Oh, yes, I understand perfectly well. And he obviously wants to call Parliament together on Saturday, which is almost unprecedented to do so. But I'm just saying in terms of the ratification at the European Parliament level, they won't be under the same pressure. So I'm not sure uh, will they do it next week or not. Perhaps they will. If the heads of state and government say it is OK, Michel Barnes says it's OK, then there's in all probability it will go through. But uh, whether he can get it through the House of Commons or not, John was pointing out there, the arithmetic isn't the best. 
and I think there'll be a lot of negotiations again with the DUP because if he can't get them inside, as John says, it looks very doubtful if he can get it through the House of Commons. And the thing is, of course, John, as this unwinds, what'll happen is we will all discover that everyone had to give a bit here. And by the way, that will include the government in Dublin. It's quite likely that the Taoiseach and the Minister for Foreign Affairs will have some explaining to do on this deal as well because they surely have had to shift to some extent. Yes, absolutely. And this is, they, it, while this is better than no deal, it's it's not a great deal for, for Ireland. Uh, you know, there there's pain in this. There's no doubt. And uh, <clears throat> the, the Taoiseach will have questions too. He will have to defend Ireland's position. But uh, ultimately, we have, we have to keep in mind is at all costs, we need to avoid uh, a no deal Brexit. <laughs> The other thing is that Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, has a well-earned reputation as the ultimate bluffer. So isn't that a big problem for all of us around Europe wondering, can this guy be trusted? Yeah, he hasn't a great record of... uh, of, uh, Consistency isn't his strong suit. Uh, He goes with the wind. And it's difficult. It was difficult for the Taoiseach when he went over last Thursday he breathed new life into these uh, talks by engaging with Boris Johnson. And that of itself was a perilous thing to have to do. And it was even more uh, tricky because he was dealing with somebody who is less than reliable. Now, The Guardian on their website, the latest they're saying is that Boris has said he has secured a deal with the EU, between the UK and the EU, but the DU position, DUP position remains the same. They can't sign up at this point, which is you know, coming up to 20 past 11 uh, on Thursday morning. Um, so it doesn't sound, doesn't sound great on, on that basis, um, Sean Kelly. Yeah, that is true, and that's where the difficulty is going to be. And uh, I can see in some respects why the DOP do not want to budge because they are not into budging at any time. Because, you see, what has been brought back in again is more or less the border down the RSC. So they don't want any divergence whatsoever with the United Kingdom. But in practical terms, if you want to avoid a hard border and you want to keep the Good Friday Agreement, and at the same time, you want to protect the single market from the European perspective. I think what they have come up with is reasonably, from what I've seen of it, is reasonably practical. But whether the DUP will buy that or not, because there will be a difference between themselves and the United Kingdom. Uh, to all practical terms, what that difference would make, I'm not too sure. But obviously, from their perspective, uh, the union is above all everything else. And uh, they may find a difficulty in accepting it at this stage. And, and let's be clear, when you say above everything else, above the fact even that the worst place affected of all would be Northern Ireland in the case of a no-deal uh, Brexit and even a lot of their own voters like farmers up there, business people, you know, people living in the border areas that the DUP represent uh, in the same way that Sinn Féin uh, will represent uh, those areas as well. They are the people going to be hugely affected by a no-deal scenario. But it does appear as though the DUP are prepared to live with that un- unless un- and until John Downing, they see the reality on the ground of what that looks like and they start to get what you would assume would be a serious blowback from people in the north. Well, yes, the farming community, the business community has been uh, aghast at the stand of the 
of the Democratic Unionist Party. We well, One thing we always knew about uh, the unionist community in Northern Ireland was they knew the value of a pound. And it's a strange situation where they, they could have the best of both worlds, access to the United Kingdom market, access to the EU market, and they could, they could, they could get on very nicely. But there's a strange reality of, of uh, politics in Northern Ireland, which is that the, the cross-community voting is very rare and very small. The uh, residual Ulster, official Ulster Unionist Party of, of David Trimble of old is in a very bad situation. And then uh, against that, you have Sinn Féin beating the drum and talking about a united Ireland. So in all those situations, the UP can sort of say it's time to circle the wagons and stay with the tribe. Right, which could mean protests on the street or, or uh, God knows what else, Sean Kelly. I mean, it could get... If, if the DUP decides to take, to take a hard line on this and try and um, get their base out on the streets, this could get very messy very fast. Yeah, it could and hopefully it won't. And for that reason, I think uh, the agreement which has been reached would be better off being ratified at this stage rather than rejected. Uh, but maybe, as I said, if more time was given to do so, it might be better. But I can see John's point too, that uh, Boris Johnson, the sooner he can get you over the line, the better, because the longer it goes on, maybe the less chance he'd have. So yeah. it's a, a bit of a, a conundrum at this stage. Uh, at least uh, Boris Johnson and the Kingdom moved the proposed proposals. The European Union found those proposals workable. And uh, for the, I'd say the vast majority of people, as John says, business people, individuals, this would uh, work out uh, quite well in the long term if it's given right. a chance, I think. OK, um, well, Michel Barney is just uh, finishing up there. Um, he's still talking to people. Um, uh, just to say that Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour leader, has given Boris a good kicking already, saying this is actually worse than Theresa May's deal. Um, the one that Theresa brought back, so there's no chance we're voting for it. Um, and he's demanding that people in Britain get a, another referendum to decide it one way or the other. The British Prime Minister is saying, we've got a great new Brexit deal. The EU are saying, well, we kind of have a Brexit deal. And the DUP are saying, no deal. Oh, boy. Talk about Messi. <laughs> All right, thank you both very much for joining us this morning. Uh, You're welcome, Joe. Sean, Sean Kelly, MEP of Fine Gael for this Ireland South constituency and Limerick man John Downing, who can, of course, be read in the Irish Independent uh, uh, in paper form and online. Call Limerick today now on 461995.